Welcome to Horns Up. I'm Animesh. And I'm Peter. And give it up for our third man today, Dr. Hex from the band Albatross himself. And one of the foremost Walking Dead and pro wrestling fans that I know, the one and only Riju Das Gupta. Perhaps the last remaining wrestling in Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Always a pleasure to be with you guys. Cheers, man. So the three of us are gathered on this episode to opine about an album, well, technically two albums that again celebrated their 30th birthday this year, both released on the same day, 17th September 1991, and have gone on to become one of the highest selling hard rock or heavy metal or whatever may call it albums today. Yes, it's time to talk. Use your illusion. One and two. But before we get into these albums, let's address the elephant in the room. Guns N' Roses, metal or not. Oh, fuck. You had to do this with Riju, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like, so, uh, like, we kind of discussed this. I mean, just to break the fourth wall, uh, we kind of discussed this prior to the podcast. And I went and I saw that they won a few MTV awards for best metal performance, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. So, I am guessing uh, they are metal. Secondly, I also saw this Duff McKeegan interview in which they were asked, are you guys, do you guys consider yourself metal? And uh, Duff McKeegan said that while we are not metal, can you think of someone who is more metal than Axel Rose? Which is a very interesting <laughs> thing to say. <laughs> Dude, he was like metal before all of the black metal guys came up. Yeah. All of that, right? Yeah, yeah. But, and, uh, and not just like talking the talk, actually walking the walk, going to talking so many times. So you say metal. Barely metal, but metal. I would say first album, metal, proper. And then, like, when you come to, like, Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, I don't know, man. Like, it, it's so weird to call this metal, right? But uh, I would say, like, first album for sure. Like, I, I definitely would consider it uh, a metal album just for everything that it is. I mean, it has a metal as fuck cover art, right? Which no one ever saw. So that's my thoughts. What about you, Animesh? I don't mind lumping them into heavy metal as such. Again, I'll go back to the same old things that I've said on this podcast so many times before. If Wasp is metal, then GNR should be metal. If Bon Jovi at some point in time was considered metal, then GNR should definitely be considered metal. It's not like Kiss. It's definitely heavier (laughs) than Kiss. Uh, definitely heavier than Def Leppard too. Yeah, definitely and- heavier than Deep Purple and Van Halen. Man, and to think that at one point, sorry for the aside, but Def Leppard were considered new wave of British heavy metal yeah. at one point. Huh? crazy. Yeah, yeah. And oh. even bands which are considered metal, like Queen's right, right? Like there are. It's. Way more aggressive, way more in your face. I love Queens, right? One of my all-time favorite bands. I probably love them more than Guns N' Roses. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, they, it, they are the thinking man's metal band and often the aggression is lost in a lot of places. So if they are metal, then I'm guessing these guys are definitely metal. Hmm. Awesome. You know, Peter, the next time we do a metal or not, I have a new name for you. Is what? Rush metal? Interesting. Or Dream Theater, right? For that matter. Oh, man. <laughs> Let, let's not get into another Metal or Not episode. <laughs> Interesting names. We'll bring, we'll bring Riju back for that one too. Done. Done. <laughs> okay, cool. So since we started talking about love for GNR in some manner. Next question. Guys, are we GNR fans? Peter? Yeah, definitely, man. I mean... I, I must get into a story and I'm going to take a couple of minutes, but Guns N' Roses was one of the first cassettes I actually saw, which was hard rock or metal. And it was my uncle's collection. And I very distinctly remember looking at like the Use Your Illusion 2 cover and being like, what the hell? Like, okay, and you'd heard of these bands. So I like, you know, went, listened to it and I was like, hey, this is cool. So recap for those who like, kind of remember or don't remember uh, the first three cassettes I actually saw uh, through my uncle's collection that were hard rock or metal was uh, Guns N' Roses, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar Sex Magic and Iron Maiden Best of the Beast. So yeah, like it goes way back for me, Guns N' Roses. What about you, Riju? 
Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a big fan. So again, I mean, everybody has a concept of the story. Uh, like back when I started out listening to you know Western music, the first band I really, really got into was Aerosmith. And uh, Fuck, me too, man. Like Aerosmith was one of the first bands I got into too. The first time I saw Aerosmith, I mean, I thought they were the coolest thing ever. Until I saw, you know, uh, Estranged, the video for Estranged. And I thought these guys are Aerosmith on steroids. Each one of them. Uh, Axel Rose is an improved Steven Tyler. Slash is an improved Joe Perry. Uh, I don't know if Gilby or Izzy was there, but improved Brad Whitford. Duff is an improved Tom Hamilton. And uh, I guess Matt Sorum was in the band. Definitely uh, like an improved Joey Kramer. So like in, in that sense... These guys were like Aerosmith taken to the next level. Uh, you know, it was almost like, uh, what do you have? The Dragon Ball Z evolution. So if Aerosmith <laughs> evolves in a Dragon Ball Z manner, <laughs> it's Guns and Roses. So, def- uh, and uh, sorry if I take up too much time on this, but there are so many Guns and Roses nods that I have personally done throughout. Uh while everybody hates on that performance, for me, the defining GNR performance was at the Video Music Awards in 2001. Everybody says that Axel Rose sounds like Mickey Mouse in that performance and all of that. Uh, he wore something like a, uh, like American football jersey. Uh, and like earlier, he used to wear the baggiest of clothes and stuff like that. So that is something I paid tribute to when Primitive played at Tekken Rock. Like I, I was in a... Ooh. Yeah, WrestleMania kind of jersey. I don't follow football and like uh, all of American sports. So I did that. Then also, I mean, when it comes to Duffs, I try to make each one of my uh, bass lines very sing-along. He, I think he's one of the most underrated bassists of all time. Uh, and like you think of Sweet Child, you're like, you can immediately hum that ding, 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 ding. Like everything he does is so sing-along. So that is something I've tried to incorporate myself. There are so many TNR stories like that. So yeah, absolutely a big fan. Go on, Anamish, wrap it up. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing, right? I'm just going to say that Aerosmith evolving into GNR, uh, I won't buy that. What? Aerosmith, no man, Aerosmith is Aerosmith. You, but, they can't, you can't evolve can't... into GNR. I can't even see that because to me, Aerosmith is like, a band which is leagues ahead of GNR ever was. So, so here's the thing, right? I mean, I've read Slash's biography. And for GNR, their heroes were Aerosmith. Right. So yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll see. So, I'll see that. I agree with that. But for me, on a personal level, on a tier level, Aerosmith sits above GNR. Anyways, that's the sidebar conversation. We'll get into that, Riju, again at some later point in time. But today we'll talk only about GNR. GNR to me, um, I've never been a huge, huge, huge ass fan of the band, but they are so goddamn popular and they're so goddamn respected that there's really no escaping them, right? Come on, each and every college party you've ever been to, each and every house party you've ever been to, one of the only rock songs to ever play on that kind of a playlist will be Sweet Child of Mine, or it will be Knocking on Heaven's Door, or it will be Live and Let Die, maybe, if you have somebody who's a slightly more deeper cut kind of a fan. You can't escape GNR's music. You can't escape November Rain's uh, music video. You can't escape talking about uh, slash coming out of the church and like basically doing what everybody who ever holds a guitar in his hand or listens to rock music doing that is pure metal passion that is pure rock passion just emoting out or just being visualized on screen so I must add at this point since you said November 8 right we are recording this in November and a few days ago it rained and <laughs> Actually, I think Riju is the one, right? Who put up the yeah, statistic. Yeah, yeah. Have we matured? <laughs> I know it's putting up like... We've heard as a species that November <laughs> rains, rain statuses are passe on Facebook. Like, <laughs> that always happens every time. I'm sure, happens. no. But maybe if you actually go out and start searching for the term, you'll find it. Because 
rain in November, automatically you see posts about <laughs> November rain coming up. It's one of the like. So yeah, I'm not a I'm not a huge GNR fan as such. I don't think Axl Rose is the best singer ever. I actually don't like I don't like his vocal style all that much. Uh, I prefer somebody like a Sebastian Bach. I never was a huge Slash fan until I got to see Slash live, and then I understood that all that he does it's not it's actually fucking awesome, right? Yeah. So full respect. Uh, I agree with Raju about Duff. I think Duff is one of the most underrated bassists ever, and the others in the band. Um, I well don't really have too strong of an opinion about any one of them as such. They're all. Like together as a band, whenever they do come together in whatever various combinations and permutations, etc., they do the trick, man. And you gotta hand it to them. The three albums that they've that like, including Use Your Illusion One and Two, the those three albums, view uh, and including Appetite for Destruction, they are must-have albums for anybody who's in uh, who's into hard rock or who's into rock and roll or just. Uh, getting into heavy metal or glam metal or whatever may have you. These are legendary albums, and they need to be talked about. Totally agree with you, at least on the albums part. <laughs> like while you said you don't have a very strong opinion on the other members, I would say, and this is something again, like one of those things that has uh, like stuck with me. When I started Albatross, everybody was like, "So you have a certain look, okay? Like you have the Doctor Hex getup." So why doesn't everyone dress like you? Like it should be like Ghost, where everybody is dressed in a certain manner. And the example I used to keep giving them, and they used to be like Nishit is in leather and Vignesh is in like a t-shirt and jeans, and Pipro is doing his own thing with like you know the Steven Tyler yeah. put on the microphone and all of that. So why don't you have these things? But if you look at any of the five guys, like they are all dressed in a certain signature manner. Uh, the appetite for destruction lineup, at least, like Duff has a look, Axel has a look, Slash has a look. Izzy has that hat, and he has those I don't know, like wrestler wala shirts and all of that. <laughs> and uh, Adler genuinely maybe does not have that much of a identity, but uh, you know, I mean, I would say each one of them. And also in the case of Izzy, like this was something I realized while uh, like researching for this. He was one of the first guitar rhythm guitarists to use a hollow body guitar in this style of music. Mm. Uh, nobody else did. Like it was always solid body electric guitars and stuff like that. So uh, hollow body guitars and telecasters. Like imagine like anybody else playing a telecaster. It'd be so uncool and like uh, band like cars. If I even suggested to the primitive guys, for example, get a telecaster on stage. They kick me out of the bank like that. <laughs> like that. So I, I think that's pretty interesting. Hmm. Okay. Cool. No, definitely, I buy your point. But to me, the commercialization of GNR was also like at some level, like how the music industry assembles boy bands for pop music. If you were to do that for rock and metal, you would land up with something like a GNR as your best case scenario, right? So. Whatever. That's another separate conversation altogether. But I don't think so. I mean, like, yeah. I'm, I mean, I disagree on that because it wasn't like that, right? I mean, no, no, no. I'm not saying it. It was, but I'm yeah, saying yeah. like GNR as a band, and when you look at when you look at their individual identities, etc., it appeals to that. I mean, um, even yeah, their course. albums so, and even their songs, right? Like, they've got songs in which women are completely objectified as trophies, yeah. right? And then they've got amazing songs in which uh, they completely make sure that the woman is the center of attention and make sure that it's so romantic that yeah. women will, will, will find the songs awesome. It's almost like the band itself was like, at some level, we want to be universally liked. As so, so that's see, that's where I disagree with you, and I'll tell you why. Where I'm coming from, uh, if you see like the reason why for me uh, this two albums are a little weird is for the reasons you say, and when I get to my picks and all, you'll understand. But if you take Appetite for Destruction, right, the kind of energy, the kind of thing that they had, and 
the reason why I also disagree with the commercialization bit is if you look at Appetite for Destruction, it wasn't an instant hit. It wasn't a black album. It wasn't yeah, something it wasn't that everyone loved. It wasn't supposed to be a black album. This yeah, was their I'm, black album. Yeah, Use Your Illusion that, was yeah, their and, black and album. They took like a year to tour. While they were on tour, it kind of picked up. And that's where, you know, Geffen kind of picked up on it. And this album, uh, I don't know, man. It, it, it's weird, especially like in retrospect, listening to it. And when you know all that you know, right? Like reading up on the bands and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, Chinese democracy, everyone knows the story with that. But uh, you can actually see like on Use Your Illusion, how it kind of uh, went forward onto Chinese democracy, right? So I, I feel the, the thing with uh, Guns N' Roses, and that's what I was saying, is for me, Guns N' Roses is pure when you have these five guys doing whatever the fuck they want and not really giving a shit about anyone else because that's what they did. The moment you had the labels come in, the looks come in and all of that, right? That's when you get a use your illusion and everything else that you have with the band. Hmm. Interesting point. Yeah. I don't know if it's if it's because of the labels, etc. But yeah. I mean, like, I mean, that's what I read on the bio. So that's the, it's, again, yeah. it's Slash's version. <laughs> uh, I I would say the opposite. I mean, they were prettier during Use Your uh, Sorry during Appetite, and yeah. after that, like, during November Rain, you can see he's like Axel is trying to be Elton John. I mean, he literally has the same glasses. He's sitting on a piano, and yeah. Uh, no, I, mean, I, I guess I guess what Peter's trying to say is the labels equal to basically more opportunity and more financial support and more financial, uh, yeah, basically I mean, like, more money to splurge on doing whatever it is they want to do. Right. I mean, can, right. can you imagine in like the mid 80s getting what kind of advances they got to like record two albums, then release both those albums on the same day? And all yeah. of that. It's, For it's the crazy. exchange video, I think they got a they rented an aircraft carrier, right? To, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was like this is this is Guns and Roses at their most bloated, excessed. It's basically like how Axel Rose looked like in the 2000s, right? Like all those images we saw. Them. That's what the band kind of, you can imagine them. That's what I would say. Sorry for using that kind of example, but that's the best. I no, not at all, man. Not at all. Okay, so. So let, let's, because we are talking about this, let's get into this. Is Use Your Illusion for you, uh, both one and two, are these the defining Guns N' Roses albums for you? Defining on a personal level, yes, because these were what I heard before I heard Appetite. My favorite band of all time is Queen. So I like Bloated, I like Excess. You know what it's like? And this is going to, I don't know if this will get me cancelled, but <laughs> I will equate the three levels of GNR, the three stages of GNR to the three stages of COVID. Okay. Like COVID, you had COVID, COVID, the second strain, and COVID Delta. So appetite was the first stage of GNR. Then you had uh, use your illusion, which was the second stage. And you had you have Chinese, which is the third stage. And each one of them is separate from the other. The bands were different in each one of them. Like it was literally different bands with the one person common thread being Axel Rose. <laughs> Much like me, Axel Rose's favorite band is also Queen. And yeah. he said his uh, all-time dream was to create a band in which every song sounds different. Which is something, and I don't know if it comes across, I try to do with a band like Primitive. Like every song has to sound kind of different from the other, even within a death and doom metal context. So now that you have asked me that question, my answer is yes. These are the two defining albums for Tensibly. Peter, I know what you're going to say, I think. <laughs> so, so so, to cut, cut it short, right? I'll put it from this perspective. It's one of the first three cassettes I heard. So obviously, it's personally very defining. In the 2000s, when we all were in college, everyone was still listening to these albums. Right now also, there are still, you know, college students or even younger discovering these albums, right? I mean... I, I hate to bring this up, but look at the Apple uh, Music India charts, right? You'd probably have like Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, Guns N' Roses, because people are still going back to these albums. So, I mean, that's the fact that really says that it has been defining for not just us, but a lot of other people. 
uh, for me, it's actually Appetite for Destruction. I think that's a better album than both these albums. Because these two albums, yeah, I mean, I get the bloatedness of it and I get the ball. I, dude, you had to have really some amount of pulling power to be able to do what, what this band did with yeah. these two albums. And I fucking love them for that. But, ah. Uh, I mean, let's put it to It's context. so bloated. Let's put it into context. The amount of money they spent in studio time on this two albums, right, was probably what like the Indian metal scene spent in the last decade on studio time, right? <laughs> That's the kind of money they spent. Yeah, if you add the amount of time they spent on Chinese, which was a decade in the studio or something, right? Like, and Brian May was part of the recording process. <laughs> Sorry, sidebar, but what do you guys think of Chinese democracy? Like, Oh, I actually enjoyed it. Same. For what it's worth, I enjoyed it. I didn't mind. Like, yes, it was Axel Rose and Friends and maybe not GNR as what we would... See, that's the thing, right? Like, User Illusion 1 and 2 along with Appetite, they're such strong GNR albums that everything else that comes after isn't just doesn't live up to the name of GNR. So Chinese Democracy to me... It's an Axel Rose and Friends album. I don't like. I don't think it's a GNR album as such, but I enjoyed it. Decent collection of songs. Had Slash been in the band, maybe maybe some of them would have sounded even better. Sorry, I know we're delaying this, but you know when I hear the new songs that they released with Slash, I'm so glad that Slash was not on Chinese Democracy. <laughs> in the Bites Kennedy ones. Yeah, I mean, these new ones that they put out, these new two. To me, the new songs still seem like like B-sides or song ideas which the boys had, had or which probably Axel, etc. had around the time of Use Your Illusion itself. I mean, you see that, you see those kind of songs on Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. Yeah. And my uh, is too much of a sorry for using these terms like animation appreciated, but like too much of a baby face, right? Like to be uh, in a <laughs> in a, a baby face is a good guy in wrestling, a heel is a bad guy, basically. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was watching one of his performances where he was singing "You Could Be Mine," and yeah. when he he's actually going like with your big shot rap, with slap rapping and your cocaine dog, like you don't say it like that, like. You're talking about bitch slap rapping and pocket tug and he's being like <laughs> It's almost like he doesn't actually want to sing it but has to sing it because <laughs> the lyrics are that. <laughs> yeah. Imagine imagine Miles Kennedy actually doing Rocket Queen. Yeah. Fuck. Has like he, he would be in a I don't know, he would be in a, I'm I'm guessing like because of the vibes he gives off, a full moral quandary. <laughs> <laughs> Or Mike Michelle, right? Your daddy works in a porno. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine him singing on the song. So, <laughs> like, so, so I, I know we've talked quite a bit, but I want to put this there uh, quickly before we go. GNR played in India and it seems, I can't believe it's going to be a decade. Uh, yes. So, Riju, were you there? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I went back and uh, looked at the status that I put up on Facebook. And I had said, uh, Bumblefoot is the best guitarist I have seen live. And then all of Bangalore was like, hey, Vader is better, <laughs> Priest is better, what you are saying, and all of that. So, <laughs> all of that happened. But I loved it. It was, um, so initially, and uh, look at the crew that I had gone with, okay? Like, I had gone with Raj, who is in Primitive right now, his office colleague, and uh, Anirudh Andrew Bansal. So, <laughs> this was the, yeah, he was in India at that time. And he was like, trust me, when you go and you watch GNR, it, it will be the best concert you have seen until that point. And this was right after I'd watched like Maiden for the third time and Priest. I'd gone to Singapore and watched Priest. And these are like two of my favorite bands of all time. And I was like, oh, how can this be better? And yeah. the first impression is that Axl Rose sounds terrible. But once you get used to the Mickey Mouse voice, it is genuinely a very, very enjoyable experience. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I'm just going to jump in. Were you there? I'm guessing not, Anamish. No, I, I I wasn't. Okay, I wasn't. so then I'll add in uh, to this. I, I actually uh, was very hesitant to go for the concert because, hey, this was 10 years ago. You didn't have that kind of money to splurge, right? And then my cousin was really keen on going. So I was like, okay. So we're like, okay, we're going buying the cheapest tickets. 
and then it was my birthday uh, in a month or so so she's like screw buying the cheap tickets happy birthday here's your present and we went up ahead and i what blew my mind is axel rose was on time a and the second bit was that they played 3 hours and it was fucking yeah, awesome i've heard those stories that they played uh, for a really long time and pretty much everything was on point uh, if you if you expect like axel rose at this point to sing and this is a decade ago to sing like 3 hours straight not possible so he they kept doing the change in between i know bumblefoot played a couple of his songs uh, at that time so it was fun i mean I, and I hate using this term, but hey, it was a proper paisa wasugi gig for me. And they do so many covers. I don't know why they don't mm. like new music, but they did No Quarter from Led Zeppelin. They did yeah. the Speaker from the Who. They did every Indian cover band's favorite song, uh, Another Brick in the Wall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all of this interspersed through the three hours. It was actually a lot of fun. It's like the proper experience. And I remember, like, I am generally. Like when Inner Sanctum opened for Metallica, I was happy for them. Like, wow, Inner Sanctum yeah. opened for Metallica. But Goddess Gang opened for uh, GNR, and this was the first time I felt jealous. Uh, I, I think I told Basrur we were working together at that time. I I told him that like at some level, like a band like mine, we can see ourselves at some point opening for a metal band. But this is slightly removed, right? Like, yeah, this is one of those things you never expect. It's like I have interviewed a lot of wrestlers in my time, but I never expected to interview Mike Tyson, which is something I got to do once. So this is one of the special things that, yeah, I got to do at some point. So this was so I would have loved to be the opening act. I wasn't, and Goddess Gang was fantastic at that game. So yeah, for for what it's worth, I've only seen Slash live when he when. He came to Bombay with Miles Kennedy and what the conspirators? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This was two thousand sixteen, now fifteen sixteen. Yeah, it'll be around fifteen sixteen. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Like to me, watching Slash was was good enough. I'm I'm happy. I don't I don't need to see a GNR live as such. Oh well. Yeah, but yeah, if it happens again, why not on this kind of a tour that they're doing right now, the reunion tour? Uh, that'll be that'll be more like it. Okay, cool. Um, so we're still talking. Use your illusion one and two. And first, you know, I thought of wanting to do this as a versus, but well, use your illusion one has a whopping sixteen songs, and use your illusion two has fourteen songs. So instead, we are going to try out something else. The task set before the three of us today was to play producer and create our own use your illusion super editions. right uh, an album that combines both 1 and 2 and yes you can't go over 80 minutes and yes there must be an attempt to sequence the songs um we've already prepared our lists but haven't shared them with each other boys was this an easy exercise as such for you guys i'll start off with me for me it was pretty easy like i i, I had my first 10 songs right there and then i just because i wanted to fill time I pick and chose the others. Did you? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> there are. I have done much tougher things this week. I mean, this is <laughs> easier things I've had to do this week. But no, not as easy as like you said it was. Because um, I mean, mind you, uh, GNR is not one of those uh, bands that I listen to regularly. This is something I went back and I like listened to after a long time. So a lot of those memories came back and. Uh, especially a song like breakdown i heard it back again as an adult and it means something different to me right now than it did back then like i did not know what it meant at that point so yeah i i mean to process all of that and uh, yeah it wasn't that easy as easy as you said it was and just to give people a peek into our chats prior to this episode i loved how one day you wrote to us on whatsapp that Guys, I've gone down the rabbit hole, and I was like reading and watching videos till like five a.m. So that's the kind of effort and dedication you put to this episode. Yeah, I mean, kudos to this channel called GNR Central. I mean, which is just this fantastic YouTube channel filled with like Axel Rose stories, and like some of them, it's very hard to believe. Like, okay, so he had a fist fight with 
Tommy Hilfiger. Tommy yeah. Hilfiger. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of this one. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or like David Bowie. Because uh, David Bowie, I think, uh, hit on his wife at the time or something like that. So, like, he's had fist fights with everyone and, like, people that, uh, like, you wouldn't believe. Yeah. He, he had a fight with somebody who said, you look like Bon Jovi. So, he punched that guy and got into jail. <laughs> like, all of that shit. <laughs> yeah. So, initially, I thought this was going to be really hard. And I, like, opened a Google sheet. I put out all the timings. I did all of that. And yeah. then I was like, Okay, why am I doing all of this? There's an option on Spotify where I can make my own playlist and I can see the timings and everything. So that's what I did. I just had like two tabs open, heard the songs because I've heard it so much. And I'm like, wait. And so this is my precursor uh, in there is I was like, since this is like 30 years and I have the opportunity to kind of play producer and all, I'm going to sequence it the way I want it in 2021 like i don't of care course. about the yeah. 80s 90s uh and all of that like i want to hear what i care about so mm-hmm. i was like yeah this is the way i want it i want to go through an entire mood i mean this is something that i would share with someone who would say that okay uh hit me up with what do you think of user illusion i want to take them on this kind of journey through the songs fantastic okay so before we begin each one of you let's have it I just want to know facts. Okay, how many songs do you have on your album? And how long does your album clock? Peter? So I have 13 songs and it's 68 minutes. Riju? 14 songs and I, I think exactly 80 minutes. Wow. wow. Okay. I have 13 songs clocking in at 79 minutes, 34 seconds. Wow. Both of you have like literally done that mixtape or mix CD thing like max. Dude, <laughs> value for money hona chahiye. <laughs> I don't care. Minute to minute <laughs> okay, Peter, how many songs from User Illusion 1 and how many from User Illusion 2? So, yeah, this is not going to come as a surprise, but I'm not a huge fan of the first part. So, I've got four songs and I've got the rest nine from User Illusion 2. Okay, I've got six from one and seven from two. Riju? Six from uh, one and eight from the other. Okay, awesome. Peter, let's do this then. What was your approach? What was your thought process? And what did it result in? Share your list. Okay, if you want, I can share screen. It'll be easier because this is so... No, no, go for it. <laughs> so my, my process How are you opening the album? Uh, with You Could Be Mine. Fuck, me too. <laughs> this, is, this is the problem with like doing podcasts for so long. But okay, let me, let me explain. Uh, for me, this is a progressive album, if you may. So you start off with like, you know, Out of the Gun with like some heavier tracks. Slowly kind of mellow it out, get people into it. Then of course, you like have to have the main part, which are the ballads in there and then as you ease out slowly into it and then I have a couple of tracks that kind of pick up the pace in there but I was like that's the way I would have liked to see the album like I want someone to go to the 13 track and actually listen right so that's why I didn't do the whole okay I have to put in filler tracks I was like this is something that I and I'm glad I made it on Spotify so I'm gonna sit and listen to it later on also or share it with people Awesome. Okay. So wait one second. You have You Could Be Mine on top. I have You Could Be Mine opening the album as well. Riju, what do you have opening the album? I have Perfect Prime opening the album, but You Could Be Mine is the, always the, it's, it has to be on the album. Yeah, Perfect yeah. Prime only because like I, uh, again, like when I went down the rabbit hole, I saw a lot of their concerts and they used to open with Perfect Prime. I mean, it was the perfect warm-up voice for uh, uh, like warm-up vocal exercise almost for Axel. And uh, the funny thing about uh, (laughs) uh, this song, The Perfect Rhyme, all the live versions I watched, right? Like people always come up to me after an albatross performance and they're like, you guys must have heard all that, right? Like perfect vocal exercise is not to sing from the throat. This guy, and I could, like me and Bipro, like both of us could never tell what it exactly meant. Like, 
like like there is a little level of ambiguity but if you see this he is singing the wrong technique so apparently uh but the kind of power that he generates is insane and they are all running all over the stage there are specially designed ramps where they are jumping over each other and stuff like that it's crazy like i i am told i i am not a fan of the band so i haven't watched their performances i'm yeah. told that uh, like deftones have performances similar in energy to oh fuck yes deftones till this date remains the most energetic live show i've ever been to yeah agree. completely agree okay so wait um what prompted you to to pick you could be mine as your opener me yeah it's just the way i like the way it started and that's the way i'd like to kind of listen to albums now right i mean see let's be honest like if if this was like a metal album then they would have had intro and the last song outro and they'd have those things right like that's what happened in like the 2000s but i just love the way it kind of eased in and like the, the way i also thought about it is that's the way guns and roses is, is right it's a band that kind of eases you in and like dexing you know 3 minutes in you're singing along or you're just like humming along there's some part that you've kind of put okay cool i'll tell you my my thought process for picking you could be mine appetite for destruction begins with welcome to the jungle right and that is such a fire starter of a song because after the first couple of intro notes where you're just getting warmed up it just assaults you you could be mine is the only song from both these two albums that manages to do that and to me it almost seemed like it was uh welcome to the jungle ka chota bhai the junior brother right so which is why i picked that as the album uh, as the album opener because hey i'm looking at it from the point of view of hey this is going to be the second album uh it has to keep not just the true fans the first fans the og fans happy but it also has to uh bring in newer newer fans which it will so let's let's get this going where the first song is always the one to uh, completely just pump everyone up and i don't know what gna was thinking when they decided to go with civil war as an opener but yeah, uh, I... yeah like or 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 even the other one i don't even remember its name um right next right next door to hell yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just they like both of those songs they just don't have the energy to be an album opener as such and you could be mine does a decentish job of of that yeah yeah definitely i i agree with that okay cool so sorry i side i sidetracked because just because of the sheer coincidence that happened uh riju what was your approach what was your thought process how did you kind of come up with your use your illusion the first album isn't all that good uh in my opinion at least i mean so it's a lot of ballads i i i like so i told our common friend ravi that we are doing this yeah. and he said you have the macho songs and you have the pussy songs so a lot of <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the uh, songs that i have are the pussy songs i genuinely think that they are better and uh, there isn't a science to it i have kept that trilogy together i have kept the november rain don't cry a strange kind of trilogy together me too because you too right like, yeah. it, it's it's just a very like uh, i don't know if again like i talk about getting cancelled all the time but like one of my favorite bands, uh even now is iceter and iceter mm. always has that one trilogy in every album right like like the ketty's work trilogy or the set of ominate trilogy so like i have kept that as one of the things and there are just a few songs which i remember from my youth like uh, breakdown again like i mentioned it several times it's probably my favorite song this week it can change by next week I love locomotive I love you could be mine obviously and uh, stuff like that 14 years like I wanted one song which Axel doesn't sing so like 14 years ah. is like one of the <laughs> yeah uh, stuff okay. like that cool my approach was very simple I I looked at I heard user illusion one I looked at the songs I liked I added them in <laughs> when i looked at usual illusion 2 i looked at the songs i liked i added them in 
and by you just kept time, them. No, wait. By that time, I had I had only ten songs. So, <laughs> like, not even ten songs. I think I had nine songs or eight songs, maybe. Like, I had a very little amount of songs of songs, but I had a lot of time duration already filled, right? So, obviously, I'm I'm picking a lot of the longer songs, right? From both User Illusion One and User Illusion Two. Then it became an exercise of okay. How do I best use the other songs, and which one of them generally excites me, to some degree, to include them? So only because the album needed to be eighty minutes, or I wanted it to be eighty minutes, because come on, the band has thirty songs to offer, and yeah, if you're doing an eighty up to eighty minute limit, might as well, right? That's when I added the rest of the songs in. Otherwise, if I would have been their producer, User Illusion would have been one album around sixty minutes or so, and that's it. The best album of all time it would have become. Listen, I would have been like, "Screw you guys! We have only forty-five minutes of cassette tapes. <laughs> we're gonna do two sides." It's like <laughs> so. So my approach was basic, basic practicality. Yeah, and of course, yeah, only the songs which I actually like listening to. Okay, cool. Uh, we have our approaches. Let's just let's just share our lists, huh? Peter, take us through your entire list. You've got the first part, which the first three songs, which is "You Could Be Mine," "Shotgun Blues," "Get in the Ring," okay, and then suddenly you kind of ease into "Dust and Bones," "Yesterdays," "Estranged," then you come into "Civil War," and you're like, "Okay, so fine," and then of course at this point I'm like, "Let's put November in." Don't cry. The alternative lyrics, because I'm fucking sick of listening to "Don't Cry." The wow. Original. Okay. Yeah, right. I, I actually generally wow. at this point prefer the original, and I'm like, okay, now that we're done with that, let's yeah. like go to the next three songs, which is oh sorry, yeah, the last three, but "Perfect Crime" has to kind of pick up the pace again. Pretty tied up because you know you want people to listen to the towards the end, and because you know. We are Indian, and we all kind of have sung this. You have the encore or closing song, "Live and Let Die." Wow. Okay. <laughs> cool. Okay. Hmm. That's a strong album. It actually covers a lot more variety than my album does. And and the, for me, like that's why I said, right? This is something that if someone tells me that, hey, if you give me Guns and Roses, I mean, like I would love to have like. Cut up some of the songs and <laughs> all of that, but screw that. I think this sixty-eight minutes for me is like something I can kind of tell somebody. Okay, Riju, take us through your uh, user illusion. Okay, so let's go back in time. Okay, so in ninety-one, uh, they haven't released a song in four years. So as uh, like we as Indians would say, "Sirf osi dalne ka." <laughs> okay. <laughs> so my album is Perfect Crime, Locomotive, Pretty mm-hmm. Tied Up. Uh, now uh, for uh, the misogyny is over. So yesterday's to bring the female audience in. You could be mine. Civil War, Double Cho- uh, Talking Jive. Mm-hmm. Then the trilogy: November Rain, Don't Cry, Estranged, Breakdown, and. Uh, I was thinking we could end with. I mean, I don't know why I like this song so much, but Ted Hoss. It's it's a song I keep going back to. Not bad. Somehow I, somehow I love that song. Fourteen years, and it ends with, I I think their version of Youth Gone Wild by Skid Row, which is Garden of. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So you 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 yeah your album. Uh, Lacking a little bit of the variety that Peter's had, but definitely more of a coherent thought. But but the it's like the band on a certain day is like okay, this is all that we're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll I'll share my list. Okay, and mine is. We know the first song. <laughs> yeah, we know the first song. Uh, try and figure out my sequencing pattern. Okay. uh i begin with you could be mine it goes into civil war goes into 14 years which is song number 3 then comes the garden 
Okay. The garden, like the garden. The, the garden. garden. The one with Alice Cooper on it. Th- this is the filter. This is the filter. Right? <laughs> so this is. Then comes the garden. Then comes locomotive breakdown. Get in the ring. Then comes live and let die. Bad obsession. Double talking jive. And you end with November rain. Don't cry version one. And estranged. I love um, that. Like we have put the songs in order. You no, know? like. See, okay, so I'll tell you my the the logic behind it as such. What I'm trying to do is trying to create individual EPs within each. Yeah, that's what I was within thinking. Each, within yeah, within the album itself. So if you like, because you're you're doing this for the 2021 year, right? Nobody has the time to fucking listen to 80 minutes of music at a stretch, right? Apparently. Like unless of course you bring in metalheads, then they only have time to listen to albums. <laughs> <laughs> But what I'm what I'm doing over here is I'm creating small small EPs as such. So you could be mine, Civil Year, Civil War, and 14 Years is the EP one. The Garden Locomotive Breakdown, Get in the Ring. No, uh, the Garden Locomotive Breakdown is EP two. Get in the Ring is followed by Live and Let Die because I want Axel to feel. to basically tell everyone that yes i have abused the world and i i hate all of you but you know what live and let die at the end of it <laughs> <laughs> so that was my rationale for putting get in the ring followed by live and let die uh which then becomes an ep if you include bad obsession because hey just i needed a song and bad obsession was the only song that i actually liked <laughs> as that filler song as such so that becomes another ep and then Double talking jive is there only to uh, basically be the palate cleanser between uh, the last the 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 last three songs, which is an EP on its own. Uh, November rain, don't cry, strange the trinity of sorts. But what's weird is like the trinity. Even though Riju, even you've taken the trinity and have uh, clubbed it together as the trinity, it doesn't really exist as a trinity on the albums. It's only on the videos. Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> I think you know what I think, and I shouldn't be speaking for them, but I think we have put in more thought into the sequencing than they did. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> like I think I think they spend so much time, right? Like recording and this and that, and also what happens is I think this is the time where they were losing money, right? right Because of right. the entire production and Axel showing up late and them paying fines and all of that, like they just had to put these two albums together and they were like, okay, let's make money off this somehow and tour more. Why But, do you think they didn't release this as a double album? Was it only to generate sales? Yeah, if you if if you really wanted to do. Uh, proper marketing and all you'd always like s- release them like separately like yeah. you release one and you release two exactly load and something. reload did the same thing in a way yeah. right so i don't know why they did it's it's very strange i have to go and read slash's book again i don't know if he mentioned anything in there i would actually want to be part of that uh, the uh, be part of the room that was trying to get these guys to release the albums Oh no! What like, would I'm that just... conversation have been like? Like, why would you try to cannibalize your own sales by releasing another album on the very same day? I, but hey, it, it kind of worked. Like, I, I would, you know, I'm gonna add another layer. I would be, I would like to be the guy who'd have to go to the studio and say, like, "Hey guys, are you done as yet?" <laughs> like, because I think they kept pushing back the release date. Right? Can you imagine, like, the amount of scorn and like. Abuse and hatred. The person would have been getting like, "Don't fuck with us." Like, we're doing what I'm doing. I, I mean, another way of looking at it is, this is, uh, you know, Guns N' Roses. Fuck you to the record industry and fuck you. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Okay. Like another very interesting point to note: all three of our albums didn't have "Knocking on Heaven's Door" on it. I, th- I think I think there's a reason for that. Who wants to say it first? <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, "Knocking on Heaven's Door" is the most uncool song. Right? At this point. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
If you think my version of the album rules, hit me up at Trend Crusher. I don't even know my social handles. Man. <laughs> I think I have RDWARI2000 on Twitter. Like just search for Riju Dasgupta on Facebook. I'm the guy in a mask. I don't think there are too many Riju Dasgupta. So not in a mask. But I, I'll tell you, uh, let's end on this note. We all discussed this <laughs> before the podcast started. How much we all unanimously hate Koma. What a bad song. <laughs> I'm glad it didn't appear on anybody else's list. Dude, I, I, I actually thought like, you know, uh, I have this much time to fill. Very easy for me to add coma. Bas, ho gaya. Das minute, das minute ho gaya. Right. Like it's, it's, it's 10 minutes of nice sound effects use. <laughs> and, and I think that was the thing also. Like I was like, I want somebody to stay till the end of the album. So definitely not putting a track like that. But, you know, on a, on a different note, if either of us had coma, right, it would be one of those things is justify your shitty taste. Like, why do you have coma? On yeah. <laughs> Another thought in my mind, I have to end with this. Another thought in my mind was, what if you do a user illusion troll album? That is completely possible with the songs that, Actually. yeah, that the, with, with the remainder of the songs that all of us even haven't touched. <laughs> or just to show how deranged a band GNR could be. <laughs> like imagine an album that begins with Get In The Ring. <laughs> <laughs> and one more interesting thing after like all of our lists is that none of us took bad apples. There's a video and everything, right? Like Yep, yep. One none of, of us took bad apples. Yep. Mm. Yep. No, none of us took my world either, but I'd be surprised yeah. if anybody did. <laughs> On that note, gentlemen, thank you so much. Horns up. Horns up, guys. Horns up.